just a moment Jane go ahead and start playing but and we hadn't planned this but there was a glorious homecoming this past Sunday and Larry McCormick's here this morning and, and I don't mean to call you out and embarrass but Jane and Larry came Jane passed away this past Sunday Rick's going to talk about it in a little bit but they were part of the praise team in a way that most of you have no idea. For years, 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 we start our praise practice at 8 o'clock, and they would come through the doors, and they would sit and watch practice, practice after song, after song, after song for years and years. And Anyway, Jane has, she's with Jesus now, and it's, yes, it's a great great and glorious thing and we are going to miss her 
And uh, I was surprised to see Larry coming this morning, and it was so good to see him to walk through early and, uh, and, spend, and spend practice with us, and, and we got to visit with him. But I want to do something that I, I just don't really ordinarily ever do, but I want to dedicate, we've got one more song, and I really want to dedicate that to Jane and her memory and her love for the church. They love this church and her love for music. And so um, join with us as we sing this one last song. but we know our rewards for each one of us that has Jesus in our hearts. We thank you for the life of Jane and how she affected so many. We pray for their family. Be with them, God. And we rejoice for that homecoming. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How about one hallelujah? Thank you, Lord. On three. One, two. be seated.
Amen, amen. I'd like to echo the sentiments that Carlin just shared about Jane. My goodness. To think when you're preaching on something about last week when we started this series about uh, running your race and to know that you know, that quickly you can go home to see Jesus and complete the race. You just never know. Um, and to know that Jane ran her race well, very well, and celebrating with Jesus, man, that's what we're all striving for. And she was a godly woman and a great example for us. And again, what Carlin hit on. And, and Larry wants me to let you guys know that he appreciates you guys so much. His church family, friends, for the calls, messages, cards, Food, everything that you guys have done for him and his family, he appreciates it so much. Um, and, and ladies of Orchardville Church, Friday, the, a funeral meal, again, it's such a great, great ministry to just love on people that come into our church when they're grieving and going through things. And we thank you for that. Um, Larry, we love you. Aaron, all your family, we love you guys. Um, and you know that every single person in this church is here for you, and we appreciate you guys so much. And we will most certainly miss Jane. Um, such a joy, such a light. Every morning I got to see her, like Carlin said, early and just have some words with her and talk with her and be encouraged by her. She had my back. She sure did. So I appreciate her so much. Um, I also want to say that I, I say this all the time, but God is in the little things and God does things and God lines things up and times things just perfectly for us as, as body of believers to be in places for him to use us. Um, and utilize us for his glory. And it's important to listen to the Holy Spirit when you go about every single day of your lives. What would you have me do in this moment? What would you have me do today? What would you have me do now? And, and Glenn just shared with me down in the coffee shop. How many of you know Glenn? Another one that's smiley and happy and just really builds you up when you go down there. Um, Glenn told me this morning that he went to pick up the donuts and he was telling me about how they had the price wrong. He said, nope, nope, that's not right. It's usually this every single week. And he said one of the employees there at Walmart uh, had started having a seizure and fell on the floor. And all the other employees were gathered around and, and the lady that does the donuts for us every week or, or knows Glenn said, hey, you go to church, right? This is where you're taking these. Would you come over and pray for this person right now? You know what Glenn did? He jumped on that. I most certainly will. And he told me he went over and ministered and prayed for them uh, right there. So you never know when God wants to use you as a willing vessel to pour into other people. Be prepared and be listening and don't ignore that voice. He had an opportunity right there at Walmart and God lined that up. I, I, without a doubt, I know God lined it up right then for Glenn to be there and encourage them and pray over them. So watch those things. Listen for him as he speaks to you. Amen. Hebrews 12, Enduring Faith, week two. Today we're going to talk about tough love and God's discipline. Not always fun, but it is always needed. Last week we kicked off in Hebrews 12 and we talked about, you know, how quitting wasn't an option and this race of faith that we needed to strip off sins or anything else that hinders us as we are pursuing the finish line to Jesus. So we're going to continue in that this morning. And again, talking about tough love. How many of you have experienced tough love before? If you haven't, come around me. I'll give you some. <laughs> Ask my kids. They'll let you know. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, obviously. We'll be in verses 5 through 11 this morning. Again, I just want to reiterate that you guys have some wonderful, wonderful leadership here at Orchardville Church. Um, I want you guys to be confident in that and know that they're doing the best um, as they follow the, God's leading in that. And yesterday, again, we had a great budget meeting together, and those probably don't go together real well, but it did. And it's just great to work with a team that, that wants the best for the church and wants God to, to lead all of that. So I'm thankful for that. Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. 
Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? I have. Uh, <laughs> if God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and, li and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. There's a reason for it. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. I love the scripture. I love how God brings things out. And I love God's discipline. <laughs> and that's difficult to say because sometimes it hurts. Like, Rick, you shouldn't have done that. Or, Rick, you shouldn't have said that. You need to do this instead. And I'm like, oh, please, stop. Please. Anybody been disciplined as a child? Youth group? Throw them up. Well, we need more discipline in the youth group. <laughs> uh, anybody down here? You've been disciplined as a child. You know what it's like, okay, for your parents to discipline you or your grandparents to discipline you or whoever to discipline you. Anybody ever had God take you to the woodshed? beat the tar out of you. Okay. This morning, again, we're going to look at tough love. Now I'm going to start off with a little story and I might've hit on this over my four and a half, five years being here. Um, when I spoke before, but I was disciplined as a child, believe it or not. Um, quite often probably. Um, and I'm just going to give you my version on how we were raised in my house. So anything I say today doesn't mean you have to do this or you have to operate this way. It works for us. I think all my, me and my brother and sister are decent people. I'm a little bit better than they are. <laughs> yeah, I had more discipline. I'll tell you that in just a second here. Uh, we were spanked as kids. And I spanked my kids. Again, this is me. Everybody does their own thing. Um, there's my opinion on discipline and mine alone. I consult the word of God in that. And that's what I try to follow for life to the best of my ability. Am I perfect? No. Are you perfect? No. We're all not perfect. Okay. We do our best each day to be better and better. So I'm not telling you how to handle your kids. Some of you I'd like to. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> so don't mistake it for that. Um, but if you look around you know, I think we can all agree that kids need discipline. Amen. Yes. That's a good amen there. They need it. And the youth group's probably like, Rick, just shut up. I'm already tired of this. But if you look around at our society for very long, you can see some parents might have failed a little bit in the discipline side of things. Um, I will tell you that if you spank your children, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child, the rod or hand itself can be used the wrong ways. You can do it wrong. Um, for cruelty or to be too extreme, that's wrong. So the person that's giving the spanking or the discipline, you have to be loving and you have to be wise when you discipline your kids. Okay? And do not discipline out of anger. I know in the moment, that's the easiest thing to do, to lash out and say things or spank them or whatever it is. But in that moment, you cannot discipline your kids out of anger because that's coming from the wrong place. That's not a place of love. So anyway, in our house, I was the oldest, then my brother, then my sister. And first of all, if you're the oldest in the family, you get the most spankings. Amen. <laughs> Anybody else the oldest? I did. I don't... Here's why. I will, I will tell you why this happened in our house. And it doesn't even make, make sense to me. It's like people can't make their own decisions. Um, here's why I got most of the spankings in my house out of all three of us. They'd say, you're getting spanked too because you didn't set a good example for them in what they did. <laughs> what? I didn't even do it. But you should have told them that was wrong and set a good example. And I know my mom and dad watch. And I know my brother and sister watch. So yeah, you know it's true. 
And I'm like, what? I didn't even do anything. But because I wasn't a good example and let them know, anybody been there? I mean, was that just me? Maybe it's something my mom and dad did. But another reason that I received the most um, is because after me, they took it easier on the next two kids. Just saying. And my, my brother and sister know this is true. And I know they're laughing while they're watching this. Nick, my brother Nick, Rick and Nick. Ricky is my real name. Don't use it against me. And Nicholas is his name, but Rick and Nick. And he could just give my parents this goofy, weird look, and they'd start laughing. In the moment of getting ready to discipline him, they would forget about it and start laughing because of the face he made. And my sister would just bat her big blue eyes and be all sad and stuff, and then they'd just start taking it easy on her too. I'm like, man, I wish I was born second or third. <laughs> so if we were caught doing something wrong, we, we shouldn't have been doing it. Whatever it was, they would tell us to go to our room and wait for them to come in there. Oh, that was terrible. That was the worst. Just do it now and get it over with. Now, remember, I said they were doing a lot of this the loving way. They could have beat the tar out of me right then, but they didn't want to do it in anger. So that was part of me going to my room. The other part is, I want you to go in there and think about what you've done. I already know what I did. I don't need to think about it. Can you just get this over with? So that five, it seemed like an hour that they would wait to come in there and you're sitting on your bed like, this is getting ready to hurt. Should I stuff some magazines back here? Something. Did anybody ever check their backside afterwards? <laughs> Woo, that's red. Anyway, also, <laughs> we have one of these drawers in our kitchen. And you'd always listen while you're sitting in your room. Everybody's laughing so much because I'm taking you back here. I'm taking you back. We listen for this. Ah! I know what's coming. I will tell you, I've had one of these things broke over my backside at least once or twice. But that noise was so bad, like they didn't forget. <laughs> it's still coming. And we'd sit in our room and wait. And they would come in and have this talk with us about the choices we made and why it was wrong and how we were going to learn from it. And then after the talk, sometimes I had it in my mind. Is this even preaching? I don't know. I'm just telling you guys stories. I had it in my mind sometimes that if I worked up a tear or two and really just was really remorseful and I understand mom, I understand dad, I do, that they would forget about whipping me. They didn't. They <laughs> still did it. And you know what, you know, after this painful agonizing talk that they're having with me, they'd give us the spanking, but right before they'd give it to us, they'd say this. Well, that too. But they would, they would have the nerve to say this. I'm doing this because I love you. And in those moments, that's the farthest thing ever for me was what I felt right then. <laughs> yeah, you're doing this because you love me. Don't feel like it. But as I grew older, and as I look back on their discipline today, they were right. So kids, they're right. And, and you may not see it now, and it may make you so mad when you get disciplined, but you will look back later on in life, and you will appreciate that your mom and dad loved you enough to discipline you. Your mom and dad want you to grow up to be beneficial to the kingdom of God, they want to steer you away from sin and, and, and bad choices in life. And they don't want you to be a pain in the butt for everybody around you. And the, and the great thing, what I was getting to in this is the great thing is that God does the same thing for us. God has to discipline us at times. He has to remind us of who he is and who we are and what we should be doing for him and what we should not be doing against him 
and this tough love from God, it's definitely needed in our enduring faith walk. We have to have it. It's not pleasant, but we have to have it. Also, parents, you do not have to bribe or threaten your children to get them to obey you. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of this. But what they need is firm, loving, and at times painful discipline. You don't have to bribe them. You say, well, I don't do that. Little Johnny, eat your uh, vegetables, eat your potatoes, or, and you say it nicely. Guess what they don't do? They don't eat their vegetables, and they don't eat their potatoes. And then you, you kind of kick it up a notch. Little Johnny, if you don't eat your potatoes, you're not getting any dessert. Anybody else guilty of that? You guys don't want to admit it now. You know what happens? Sure enough, mom or dad takes the potatoes away. Here's a little dessert for Johnny. And instead of children obeying your parents, Ephesians 6, 1, children obey your parents because you belong to the Lord and it's the right thing to do, the parents obey the children instead. You guys aren't as happy now. (laughs) Many parents are afraid to do what they know is best for their kids. For whatever reason, you're afraid to do it. You're afraid your children aren't going to be your friend anymore. Well, guess what? They're not your friend. You're their parent. We're not buddies with our kids and let them do what they want to do so we don't have to worry about them turning on us and not liking us. They need the discipline. Okay? The, the primary concern that we should have as parents is what, not what they think of me now. What are they going to think about me 20 years from now? Are they going to look back and say, I'm so thankful that my mom and dad kept me in line and disciplined me and showed me the right way to live life? Or are they going to say, why didn't you help me more? Why weren't you harder on me? Why didn't you tell me these things? Why didn't you you just let me do whatever I wanted to do? Because I wanted to be your friend. I thought we could be buddies. You know, we have parents now that buy alcohol for their underage kids. It's insane. Willingly, they just give it to them. And even, even when God the Father corrects us and disciplines us, it is painful, in verse 11, yet afterwards, perhaps years later, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And as loving parents, do we dare to have less long-term vision than our Heavenly Father does? Do we understand what we're doing now in our kids has lasting effects in the future for them? And we've got to have this goal of of teaching our children self-control and and knowing that firm and loving discipline can keep them from the ways of sin. And one of the surest ways, the most certain ways for you to make um, life hard for your children now is to make it soft for them. You make it nice and soft for them now, it's going to be a lot harder for them later. Discipline. Nobody likes it, but we all need it. And because God loves us as his children, he never, he never skimps out on that, on that spiritual training that we need as we're running this race of faith. And it's never, you know, like a, slip, a quick slap on the wrist or our correction may include uh, an agonizing reality of who we've become. Like, how did I get so far away from what God wanted me to be? And he may bring that up to us. Like, this is, you're way off here. You're way off from where I have you and where I want you to be. And again, no discipline's enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, it hurts. Verses five and six again. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. For me... And I'm sure for you, without God's tough love, where would you be today? You probably wouldn't be here. You'd probably be doing your own thing. And when God's heart's grieved by our actions, he helps us choose the right way. Do we always do it? Probably not. But when his heart is grieved by what we're doing, he will show you what you should be doing and bring that discipline and remind you but it's, us, it's up to us to learn from those wrong ways and those choices that we're making and know that God's never cruel in his correction. 
He's not doing it because he hates you, that he's mad at you, that he's angry. He's doing it because he loves you. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. And another thing, like when God disciplines us, it should never be taken of a sign of, of his rejection of us. It's a sign that he's treating you like his child. And only, you know, you may know some of these people, only the most proud Christians will say, I never need discipline. I don't need it. I'm good. And unfortunately, there's people like that. That I do everything the Lord tells me to do and I'm just perfect. Oh, great. Let me get you a little crown to put on your head. No one is above this training that the Lord has to instill in us and this discipline that he has to put in us. We need it. And it's it's never to punish us and, and make us pay for our sins. You know why? Because Jesus already did that. What he did on the cross already paid for all that stuff. So it's not for, for us to be, you know, we get, you got to pay for that. Jesus already did that. Verse 10, it says, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. Something that is really lacking in Christian society right now is that word holiness. To be set apart, to be different. If we were set apart as much as we should be doing Again, every time I preach this to myself, then a lot more people would want what we have. We would be different, and they would notice it, and they would understand that. Trials are trials. Discipline is discipline. If it doesn't hurt us or press us, then it probably doesn't serve the right purpose for you. And we sometimes want trials that are not trials and discipline that's not discipline, but that's not the way God works. You know, if if discipline seemed joyous, would it be discipline at all? (laughs) Can you imagine Jackson or Brylan getting out of hand in my house and and I whip them and, you know, we we talk about it and all that good stuff and they come come out of the room, (laughs) that was so good. I loved it. Thank you for making my butt all red and make me have the talk and, and all that good stuff. Thank you for that, Dad. It was so great. It hurts. It's painful. It's part of the process. And it helps us learn from our mistakes and our trials the same way that when God's doing that, it helps us learn. This is not who God wants me to be. This is not what God has for me. And yes, it hurts to let go of this or, or to choose this instead, but it's needed. I need God's tough love in my life. I need a wake-up call every once in a while that I've got off track. I need it. I need it. And another thing, when we go through things and we get disciplined or we go through trials and we face things, um, do you know that we go through some things and and deal with some things and get punished for things? You know, when God brings that tough love to us, we we go through those things so that we can help other people. So that's another thing that's a benefit for us 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are, com- are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. And when we go through things and we come out the other side, we can be used to help somebody else. Man, I was right where you're at. And God, you know, he gave me some tough love in that moment and he showed me where I should be going and and how I should handle the situation and he brought me out of the other side. So I'm gonna show you and bring comfort to you because I made it. I made it through that. And I'm gonna help you do the same. We're to encourage each other, to comfort each other, help each other through those things. 
And it gives us, verse 11, a peaceful harvest of right living for those of us who accept it. Does it say how long after it happens that we're going to get that peaceful harvest? No. It just said that we're going to have a peaceful harvest of right living for those of us who accept it. And sometimes we have to suffer and go through some things and deal with discipline to make us fruitful on the other side of it. I love looking back on things and saying, man, God, I know that was tough. I know what you required of me, but I'm so glad that you did that. I'm so glad that you taught me that. So when we go through things, don't get discouraged when you don't automatically come out of those things or, or disciplined times. Uh, you don't automatically just bounce right back from them, reaping blessings of harvest. Again, this is a, is this a sprint, this faith race? It's enduring. It's, it's a long, it's a marathon. We're in it till the end. It's going to take some time to go over the course of your life, to walk in it, to run in it, to go through everything you're going to go through to get to the finish line. Things aren't going to happen right away. And again, does God discipline us because he loves us? Yes. Yes. Because he's a good father and he wants what's best for us. Amen. You guys understand that, right? He wants what's best for you. It's not to punish us, but it's used and needed to transform us into more, being more like his son, Jesus. Amen. When we go through things that the praise team will come back up, whether it's, you know, we're going through something because of the sin in the world, you guys know bad things happen to good people because of the fallen world that we live in. You know, so many people want to blame God for things, but we live in a broken world and bad things happen. It's not because God's not good and that God doesn't love us. But whatever we're going through, if it's God's discipline or if it's a trial that we're going through, try to ask yourself a couple things when it happens. What is God wanting to do in me through this? What does he want to do in me through this? And how can God get the glory in this? I know, I know right now I, I chose the wrong thing, but God's disciplining me. He's giving me some tough love and he's showing me how I should respond to this. Now, how can I turn this around and give him glory for it? He loves us too much to leave us in our sin if we'll let him discipline us and bring that tough love on us. And I, and I think so much of what we go through in life is to strengthen our faith. It's to help us. Like I know you're dealing with this and I know you're struggling and I know you, you've had to face this and you've had to face that and you feel like it's one thing after another but every time things are happening and every time you get through them your faith is getting stronger and stronger and stronger and you're enduring. You're making it through. And I talked about how, you know, everything that we go through is not always God's fault. We live in this fallen world. Think about Job. His friends believed that he was suffering because he had a secret sin, but that was not the case. God recommended Job because of his uprightness. Another example is the man born blind in John 9. What did he do? He's born that way. It's a fallen world. Another example is Joseph being sold into slavery by his brothers. He suffered because of the sins of others. Nothing that he did. But God did what? He still worked it out for his good. He still worked it out for his good. That's what he does in our lives with this tough love. He works it out for our good. It's corrective. It involves training. And it's needed. It's needed so bad in us. And I know I spoke kind of lightly and telling you stories about my life, but I believe that our kids need discipline. They need this tough love just the way that God gives it to us. It's beneficial. It's beneficial. And one day your kids will thank you for always being on them, always being in their business, always wanting to know what's going on. They will thank you. Please, 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 please don't put a friendship with your child over their relationship with God. You guys will stand this morning.
tough love, God's discipline. Doesn't always feel good and it's quite painful, but it is so needed in our lives. This morning, I'm going to open up the altars and this may not necessarily be a run to the altar kind of thing, but if you've got something in your life that you know God's been dealing with you and he's trying to bring this tough love and trying to show you uh, you need some discipline in this, then just bring that to the altar this morning and give it to God and let him work out what he needs to work out inside of your heart and your mind. Let him transform those things. And as always, if, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior here this morning, we just saw last week, you don't, you don't know when your time is done. You don't know. You don't know. And I want everybody that's here that can hear the sound of my voice right now to be saved and make sure Jesus is your Savior right now. I want you to be where Jane's at right now. If you need prayer for salvation or rededicate your life, you need healing in your body, we believe, we believe that, that God is the same God that, that was in the book of Acts that, that healed, that did powerful things. We believe that here at Orchardville Church. And if you don't, get on board because it's all right there in the Bible and it's not changed. We have. He's not changed. So Father, right now we come to you and we thank you for who you are. God, you are a great God. You are a good God and you love us. God, tough love is, is difficult. It hurts. It hurts to be pruned. But God, without the pruning in our lives, there cannot be more growth. And Father, right now, I just pray for every heart that's in here, God. Lord, if there's something that people are dealing with in their life, it's a, it's a sin, it's a hang-up that you are trying to show them this is not what I want you to repeatedly do. Father, I pray that they just lay that down at, at your feet this morning. Will they seek you? And whatever that feels like, if it hurts God, we need it. So Father, have your way in this place during our altar time, during our worship. And Father, let no one in here, Father, be distracted by someone next to them. We all have a job to intercede on the behalf of everybody that's dealing with something right now. Lord, as a church that wants to reach, teach, serve, and we want to encourage each other, our job right now is to intercede and pray. Lord, if we're not dealing with anything, then we are praying for our neighbors right now. That you would change hearts and you would change situations for people right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you as we worship and pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
things that that people are hurting with and struggling with and 
I'm so thankful that we serve a God, the one true God, that takes care of us, that answers our prayers, that, that speaks to our heart like nobody else can. And my heart and Sarah's heart is for people. It's for you guys. It's for anybody that comes, that we come in contact with. We want to love. We want to minister. We want to help through life because life's difficult. It is. It is. And I can't imagine going through life without God on your side. I can't. I know what that was like, and it, it is, it's so much worse. But we have a God that comes right in the middle of whatever we're dealing with, and he just ministers to us like only he can. We love Orchardville Church. We love you guys. We love just loving people. And if, if pastoring was just loving people and, and sharing his word, yeah. <laughs> I know there's a lot more to it, but I think if, if, if we as a church love each other and we encourage each other and we walk through life together, we're doing things right. We're doing things right. And if everything we say, everything we do, everything that from here to there glorifies him, we're doing it right. I'm so thankful for you guys. We are thankful for you. And I'm thankful for what, I don't want to leak to, I'm just let all these thoughts and things that God's been dropping in me out because I don't want to overwhelm you. But God's up to some big, big, big things. And all he's waiting on is for our hunger to match what he wants to do. Because until we're ready, I don't think he's going to release it all until we're ready for what's about to happen. And I think we're getting there. Every week we're getting there. We're getting there and we're plowing up that ground and God's throwing the seeds and spreading things out and we're going to see things grow. And he's going to do some mighty, mighty things through you guys because we're letting him lead. Excited. <laughs> Be excited. And, and I challenge you, I challenge you in this tough love thing that Enduring faith that we have to be bold and courageous like we never have before. And, and, I, and I'm not saying this as a knock, but a lot of our kids in youth group are so timid about just sharing their faith. But if we as parents would instill that in them, they're going to see that and learn from that and mimic that. Your kids already act like you. Rylan acts like me. Jackson acts like Sarah. Why not keep pouring into them the things that God wants them to do? And it just takes a little courage through your week to just share the gospel with people. Just let them know I'm here. Can I pray for you? I'm here. Because we're going to be doing it next year. We're going to be going. Whether I have two people with me or I have 200, we're going. We're going to get outside of here. And we're going to love on people. And you're going to have to be able to speak from a heart that knows who God is in here. And you want to let other people know about it. That's a little teaser. But anyway, I'll shut up. Huh? Sandy. Miss Sandy, where are you at over there? Raise that hand. Wave, wave real high. Where's she at? There she is. She rededicated her life to the Lord today. And, and she is going to be baptized in November when we have baptisms. So excited for her. Woo! Good stuff. Tell somebody about Jesus this week. I'm done. God bless. Have a great week.